Here sits a stage waiting for its next production. The stage is a beautiful island, lush with flora of all shapes and sizes, many as of yet unseen by living eyes. It rests nestled in the middle of a vast, sprawling ocean, filled to the brim with its own mysterious bounties. In the middle of this island sits the centerpiece, a new tree sprouting up, enveloping anything in its path with thick, powerful vines. It holds the key to a well, a wish, a miracle, the key to bring the dead back to life. Who deserves it? Who can say who deserves it? Our actors wait in the wings. A scribe, an entertainer, a farmer. Will they answer these questions? Will they fall to mortal folly? Will it be funny, though? The audience murmurs in anticipation. The lights dim. The audience hushes. The orchestra hums. The curtains draw back. Welcome to the show. You nasty little slut. You're gonna make me do this. You're in charge. Take take responsibility for once in your life. You pathetic uh, worm. Yeah, fine. I was trying to see if you could give me a hand. I have a lot of nerves. I peed like 17 times in the past hour, but fine. I will well, explain. I, hold on. That's that sounds like a medical issue. It's a very normal thing for me, apparently, and nobody else. So. This is a show called Dice Funk. Welcome. I hope that you are listening to this of your own free will. Uh, if not, <laughs> I can only presume some sort of uh, final destination Rue Goldberg-esque machine has led you to this position where you're trapped and forced to listen to this podcast. In that situation, though, as well, welcome. If, they, if this is playing in one of Jigsaw's <laughs> traps, uh, hello, Mr. Jigsaw, big fan of your work. <laughs> Would be, I would love it if you'd let me help on some of those little machines you make. They're very fun. Big ups, big ups to Jigsaw. Love, yeah. love those bear traps. <laughs> uh, Dice Funk is a tabletop role-playing show where a bunch of us nerds are going to get together and we are going to tell an interactive story uh, between each other, an improvisational story, not interactive. Although, stay tuned. There will be a vote at the end of the episode to decide which character <laughs> dies. <laughs> Um, so, uh, D&D is pretty simple. Uh, we're going to gloss over a lot of the meat and potatoes of it to, uh, or no, the meat and potatoes is what we're giving you. It's the nasty corn we're not going to show you. The stuff that's kind of boring. Just know the dice will be rolled. The higher you roll on the dice, the better, the lower, the worse. Uh, and the highest you can roll a 20 is a very big success and the lowest a one is a very, very big failure. Nobody wants that. And uh, my name is Quinn. I am the Dungeon Master. I will be handling all the NPCs and the little monsters, the little freaks, uh, all, all, the, all the strange stuff this season. Uh, you can find me when I'm not here over at patreon.com slash weekly manga recap. My uh, manga podcast that I've been doing now for what feels eternally long. Um, and... It would be greatly appreciated any support you can give. But I'm the most boring one here. Everyone else is far more interesting. So who would like an opportunity to introduce themselves? 
Oh, you left it up. This is the fucking social anxiety cast. So you've, you've gotten all the people together who can barely work their audio equipment and uh, start crying when asked to talk. Great job. <laughs> Not my best plan, but like once you get going, you guys have you're limitless. All right. Well, mine's mine's quicker because I don't got anything to shill. Uh, hi, I'm Dan. Uh, I, I don't. Should we do character introductions now, or how how no, are we do it? Just, 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 just your 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 introduction right now. Got it. Hi, I'm Dan. I'm the diversity hire of Dice Funk. Uh, I'm not a uh, an online creator in any way, shape, or form. You can't find me online. If you wish to speak with me, uh, go to your local DMV, get online, and start screaming uh, to speak to Dan. Eventually, you will be arrested, um, <laughs> and you know you can kind of take it from there. Uh, and yeah, just happy to be here. Uh, I've been playing uh, RPGs and TTRPGs with Quinn for probably near a decade and a half at this point. We're, we're closing in on it rapidly. Uh, and this is actually going to be the first time uh, outside of uh, one shot where Quinn has DM'd for me. And that's going to be a fun little experience. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. I'm jazzed. Beautiful. What a beautiful soul. Also, a decade and a half, that's 15 years. I don't know if it's been quite that long. We're we're closing in on it, because next year will be uh, 2024, and I think our first interactions were probably in, like, 2010? I don't like this. I don't like this number. Actually, a little, bit, me. actually a little bit before that, now that I think about nope, it. I don't like this. I want, I want to get somebody else that's not making me feel ancient right now. I'll go. I'll go. I'm excited. Hello, my name is Sarah. You might also know me as Cosmignon on most places. Uh, I am a bit. I've been a big fan of Dice Funk since like 2016, when my uh, lovely partner Charlie introduced me to the second season. And since then, I lost my mind drawing so much fan art that eventually Austin is like, "Hey, do you want to like come on for for like the." For, for like a mini season bit like two seasons ago and and and, the, and i i i tasted power and i wanted to come back <laughs> <laughs> you, you redeemed your dice funk uh purchase points yes <laughs> but yeah i uh so the first time i was on dice funk was just a couple seasons ago back in season nine and it was for like half of it basically as a uh part of a dragon themed mini part of that season uh but now i'm finally on a full season and that's exciting i've been wait i've been so excited about this i think i've j just been constantly thinking about it since i got into the planning stages and putting aside all that uh yeah you can find me most places as cosmignon that's c-o-s-m-i-g-n-o-n and that's like the website formerly known as twitter the tumblr uh instagram uh i have a patreon under that same name where i work on my webcomic runaway jerkina and i'm also working on a comic adaptation of the mini series campaign that i did in the middle of that season of dice funk <laughs> So many things. Wonderful web comic that everyone should be uh, going and reading right now. Uh, an additional little comic for you little freaks who want to know more about season nine. So much stuff. I'm a very busy woman. <laughs> that just leaves us with one person. Perhaps the most shy and reclusive of the nerds, the Austin. 
Uh, hello, I'm Austin Yorski. You probably know me as the Dungeon Master of Seasons 2 through 9. Uh, we're starting to do some double DM seasons here, some experimental format uh, you know, shifts here. I am going to be DMing half of Season 11. I don't know how many people hearing this know that already, but uh, I'm a player on this side. We'll discuss the sides a little bit more in a second, but I I'm excited to play. I, I always have a great time being a character because it's uh, less preparation and more uh, destruction, more mischief. Uh, but if you want to find Austin Yorski, I'm at my name. I have very simple branding. Patreon.com slash Austin Yorski is the main thing. I would definitely recommend going over there because just for a single American dollar, you can have access to the bonus show, Spew Punk, where we talk about whatever the fuck we want. It's uh, video games, movies, books. We have a book club. We're reading stone-cold classics like Left Hand of Darkness and absolute drivel like Stephen King's nonstop torrent of bullshit. Uh, so it's Damn. that's a great time. <laughs> I've been I've been trying to get Quinn to introduce a couple of Warhammer books into that reading list. <laughs> he does yeah, I, it does happen fairly frequently. Like, you know what would be a, a good addition? You know what would go great with the mercy? Uh, the <laughs> taking of the fucking U.S. Pintaford by the the orc goblins. Yeah, you uh, re read Infinite and Divine. It's uh it's a, a space buddy cop. Uh, uh, rivalry shit with uh, ancient Egyptian robots. I've actually heard good things about some of the Warhammer novels. I'm not even gonna uh, act like I'm too good for it. Uh, well, there's like a hundred of them, so you have you have a pick of whatever the fuck you could possibly want. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's Viewpunk. It's just a dollar, and it's a great time. We have a lot of fun over there, so I would recommend that. Uh, you know, Dice Funk's always free, and there's 11 seasons of it now, so catch up if you haven't. Um, and then we also do some credit stuff, but that's it was just Austin Yorski is where you find me. I don't do social media much these days. I put all my eggs in the Twitter basket, and then it became a kind of a white supremacist uh, platform. So <laughs> I've kind of given up. I don't know what to tell you. I guess you could find me if you want, but uh, I've, I'm defeated. I'm beaten down <laughs> uh, social media-wise. So maybe they'll make a good one, and I'll be there. No, they won't. That's that's a fool's errand to want a good social media website. Yeah, what would I even want out of social media anymore? I used to just like listen to like my you know favorite uh, content people uh, make little jokes, but then they all got like harassed into oblivion. So now I, like I don't even use it for that. I don't know. I'm bringing the mood down. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm on blue sky. Instagram exists for exactly two purposes: pictures of small animals. And pictures of miniatures. And that's all I ever see. Occasionally, a woman in a bunny suit sneaks its way in there under the bunny hashtag. I'm quite <laughs> upset when that happens, because that is not the type of bunny I'm looking for. Yeah, I was about to say, all my friends are on Blue Sky, but I don't check it much, because I don't really want to see their naked bodies. <laughs> that's not really the vibe I'm going for, and it seems to be like Blue Sky's whole thing. And I'm like, I mean, I would like to go to lunch and maybe talk about your pets or whatever, but I do not need to see that go inside of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Austin truly revealing his cowardice right there. I'm on Blue Sky, and you post whatever you want. Austin could be the, the narc fun police over there. Uh, I'm going to support you. All right. All these links are in the description of the episode. You'll find, you know, Runaway Jerkina, my stuff, uh, Dan's. Uh, it's just kind of a, a dark, dank hole you can throw coins into. 
Uh, that's yeah, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so check in the description of every episode you listen to. There also usually there's jokes in there. You know, I write them and I think I, I make them fun. You also know how the characters' names are spelled. Did you ever put them in there? Uh, I, I gave pretty simple character names this season, so hopefully that's not going to be too much of an issue. But you never know. Which brings us to what is Dice Funk? What what is, what is this show? What are you talking about? What's season eleven? Do I have to go back and listen to seasons one through ten? The answer to that is no. Uh, you don't. Uh, even this season, which uh, is is contingent upon uh, or its existence is is basically predicated by a previous season, uh, you don't have to go back and listen to season nine in that case. Uh, because we'll be able to explain it for you. This is an anthology series. You can jump in whenever you'd like. Uh, all the seasons are really good, so go check them out at some point. But don't feel like there's a huge backlog for yourself. Uh, season 11 shall hopefully be very self-contained. Uh, the premise in this season is that uh, all the gods are dead. Uh, which is a good way to start any world, but... Uh, sort of the last act they did was to create these biomes, these places for people to live. But one was left blank. And the player characters of a previous season were the ones who got to create that biome. And those player characters all had an affinity towards nature and plant life and things of that nature. So thus, this biome has been created that is almost entirely plant life. In fact, if you were to consider landmass, it is entirely plant life. There is a uh, sizable chunk of just living plants that all have been grouped together to create somewhat of an island. And all of the plants there are somewhat inherently magical, sort of like there are uh, a little bit of sentience to them all. And there is uh, a wide variety of uh, weird plant life that can be found there. Uh, but in addition to this, this strange place of plants, there is an ocean that it sits upon. And in that ocean is a well that people's remains can be dropped into and then bring them back to life. It's a resurrection well. And our story concerns the top half of this adventure, the above side, the plant island side, uh, where there is a movement being done to basically make sure that the people who are getting revived are not tremendous assholes. Uh, so a team has been put forth to basically ensure that the people being revived don't suck too much. Uh, and that is what your characters will be doing. I did a lot of research about geography for this season. I know I could, we could just say, Oh, it's magic, whatever, you know, <laughs> magic and, uh, explain away anything, but there are real things called floating islands, which are a mass of aquatic plants uh, ranging in thickness from several centimeters to a few meters in, in our world. And uh, this is how I've been picturing it is this, this normally like an island when you think of it is like actually, you know, it's a, a large earthen structure that goes underground. Like there isn't a bottom to it. Right. But like mm -hmm. this, this is a, this is a real thing. So I've, I've been, learning all about wetland ecosystems and that doesn't matter because you're about to just say some shit and it's going to be true no matter <laughs> what i read on wikipedia oh, oh, i've got a question for you now austin because you said your research did you say a few centimeters that, that's what it says yeah from so could i throw a leaf into a lake and go bro i discovered a new island <laughs> it's right there yeah if you pay me 45 dollars then online i'll send you a certificate if you want you could also be the duke of the island for a couple
couple more dollars. This sounds like an amazing deal. <laughs> yeah. You also get a star named after you. It's a twofer. Yeah, so we're we're above team, uh, and then there's going to be a below team uh, that I'm going to DM on the other half of the season. Although players have uh, pretty immediately taken to calling them dry team and wet team, which probably will catch on <laughs> much more. Um, yeah, I can't stop that. In my mind, there's like a very like Pokemon style like a duality of names, and there was something very. Uh, like catchy to above and below for me but i know that wet and dry just is is more meme so i've accepted uh what i can't control here yeah we definitely need uh art for the season that portrays the two sides like pokemon games like blue version or red version oh that's so cool uh, i hope i didn't miss anything i uh will note that while i have dm before i uh have bad brain so i may forget some details i'm hopefully not uh but that is the the you know the short version of the story as we get into it we'll explain a bit more of those details uh but in the meantime i think it is paramount paramount that we talk about the amazing characters that you guys will be bringing to the table who we're going to be following for this adventure. I wonder if that's going to be on the recording. You shouted so loud it clipped the Discord yeah. audio. <laughs> All we heard was, uh, like, the last I was just like, mount! <laughs> that's all you needed to hear. You got the gist. Sublime! <laughs> I figure we could probably introduce characters in the same order we introduced ourselves, so I guess that would be Dan first. Uh, yeah, um, so I was a little bit naughty, and I'm sort of using this as a backdoor for thir season 13, just a little bit. Uh, I am playing a character named Stranger, who is a Harvestkin, and you may be asking, what the fuck is a Harvestkin that doesn't come up when I Google anything related to D&D? Um, it's a pumpkin person. Yeah, I'm doing it. You, you can't stop me. I needed my plant person to be this. Um, there was no other option for me. Um, Stranger is a druid. Uh, he is based off of an Eladrin to make his uh, mechanical aspects of his uh, species function. Um, he is sort of this uh, eph ephemeral, like, uh, philosophic weirdo. Uh, who's drifted in uh, from parts unknown, at least to the people in the immediate uh, vicinity of this area, to learn more about uh, the well, how people are being revived, what um, choices are leading to uh, who gets to come back or not. And he has a number of concerns uh, about this sort of thing. Uh, he is a circle of the moon druid, meaning he has a, a specific fixation on transforming into uh, animals and the like. In this case, we're flavoring it as uh, different kinds of pumpkin-like monstrosities. Uh, and his background is a, uh, what is it called? A Golgari agent. So the uh, uh, black-green uh, guild from Ravnica, uh, meaning that he has some abilities to quickly get through uh, natural places uh, rapidly in a number of spells and the like. And uh, yeah, I think that gives a quick uh, overhead view of him. All right. Stranger, Harvestkin, Druid. Everybody's excited. Pumpkin monsters. Dan will have a thousand miniatures to post up online every time he turns into something. I'm very excited for it. 
I did like how he said, you can't stop me, because I absolutely would have tried to stop him, and Quinn is uh, just a perfect... Uh, just drive over like a bump in the road. <laughs> bump, bump. I, yeah, and I'm like, thank you. <laughs> oh, you know what? I guess that is the important thing to know. Part of the reason why he's here is um, his uh, people are often intentionally planted uh, their seeds in the corpses of the dead. Uh, so, for example, his body is intertwined in the rib cage of a man long dead whose story he doesn't know. And his people, in turn, are rather concerned. What happens if you try to revive a person that they are physically growing out of? All right, so a really relatable character. I think everyone knows a guy like this. I'm sure you're picturing him in your head. You're like, yeah, Dave, he works at 7-Eleven. It's kind of a Dave situation, so. What, you've never had someone try to take back their donated organs? <laughs> oh, my God. You can tell this is going to be one of our more normal seasons. This is going to be an extremely normal season. All right, so we have one person growing out of a corpse. What about our next character? Are you also growing out of a corpse? No, I am not growing out of a corpse. Um, I'm going to be playing Lillian Sparage. Uh, Faye is a dryad bard, and specifically, uh, Faye is a bard of the College of Spirits, but I've kind of reflavored it a little bit to be specifically floral-themed. I cannot find my damn note about what I renamed the title of College of Spirits to, but I think it's like the College of... the the theater or something because Lillian as a bard is not a musician but an actor specifically Faye is more versed in backstage like uh, prop setup and stuff and the reason that Lillian is here uh, in plant world to begin with is because Faye had a close friend of theirs that uh unfortunately passed away and Faye brought them back to life by bringing them to the uh, well and now uh, wants to extend that same uh, opportunity to as many people as Faye can and uh, just as an extra note you might you might notice that I'm using uh, Faye Fair and they them pronouns for Lillian uh, when this episode goes up I will have a little uh, chart I will put in the discord so that everyone can see it and know how to know how to say it awesome so we have a little theater nerd who's very excited to see the stories of the world and uh, tell these uh, va, these sort of checks into other people as, as part of their their art form Exactly. It's like going to the theater of, of, of theater of the mind. Well, that's a good phrase. Someone should someone should coin that. Yeah, I'm the first person to ever say it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna check right now. Theater of the mind. Let's see if anyone comes up. Why is this all porn? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. This is the wrong browser. This one's. <laughs> I've made this one unusable. Never mind. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, can you imagine this being your first season of a show? We're just like, listen, what if everyone was plants and also we're weird? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, la last thing, I forgot. Lillian's name is Lillian because Faye is based off Lily of the Valley. So imagine that when you're thinking of a dryad, but with like white petal hair and like light green skin to kind of that kind of looks like a Lily of the Valley. Uh -huh. All right, Lillian Sparage, Dryad Bard. We got one more character left to talk about. 
Is the best for last? No, probably not. I feel like those are pretty hard to follow. There's going to be a lot of people who love the the actor bard and the the creepy little pumpkin weirdo. But I, I'm playing a, a maybe a, a more traditional Dungeons and Dragons character. I am a I'm a fighter, I'm a level five fighter. I don't know if he said our level, but I think on both above and below we're going to be level five. Um, I, I try to start from different places when I make Dungeons and Dragons characters. Like in season one, my character was uh, you know. Uh, class first i was like i really want to be a cleric and uh, explore religion uh last season i started with a weapon i was like no one ever uses this lance let's try to make a build that like utilizes this this weapon that never gets used this season i was like what is a skill proficiency no one has ever used in the nine years we've been doing this show uh and i realized no one had ever taken calligraphy proficiency so that's where i started of all things uh my character is a treant named Hialeah. Treant has got the no copyright infringement version of the Ent from Lord of the Rings, <laughs> so a tree person. Uh, I'm using the Fearbolg stats. Fearbolg, if you don't know, are kind of uh, the largest player characters. They're like kind of giants. Uh, they're also very uh, in tune with nature. They're like nature giants, so trying to be a tree person is a pretty clean swap there. Um, like I said, level five, my background is far traveler, uh, because Hialeah's, uh, whole deal is she has traveled all across creation. Treants are the longest living, uh, race or species in D&D traditionally, except for the ones that are just like straight up immortal. Uh, so she has lived like so long. She's seen everything, talked to everyone, uh, has a lot of experience, um, but, has finally come to this place where there are seemingly endless stories to be discovered and written in calligraphy. Uh, if we look at Lillian as being uh, someone who wants to bring as many people back as possible to spread this uh, beautiful, miracle, miraculous gift. So yeah, the, there's kind of a spectrum here of uh, uh, optimistic about resurrection, skeptical of resurrection, and then Hialeah thinks of herself as like a neutral, objective observer. She wants to write like great biographies of these people like if they're like terrible villains who can't be brought back she wants to chronicle that if they're great heroes who deserve uh, to be resurrected she wants to write about that um we'll, we'll see how events <laughs> influence that that a uh, starting position uh but yeah imagine a uh baobab tree is uh, my inspiration or uh even wispy woods from kirby is the icon i'm using so just a kind of tree person with minimal leaves uh and she has a very rotund body this is the character most like me physically <laughs> uh my previous player you're character, also made of bark yes my previous characters uh ann and uh and wendy have been extremely high dexterity characters uh hialeah has a dexterity of three oh. uh, the lowest it could possibly be negative four which is much like me and my destroyed knees uh, she is a fighter, so high strength. This is this is like uh, the most me a character has ever been. She's a writer. She can't really move very quickly, but she will bulk you in half. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I think I think that covers all the major things. Uh, lawful neutral for the alignment for all all that matters. She thinks of herself as like someone who stays within like ethical guidelines, but she's not. She's not like a hero. She writes about heroes. So. Uh, Fighter level five, far traveler, treant, Hialeah. Very interesting. Now, you, I did. I think you just mentioned uh, alignment. Uh, while I will note that is not 
exactly a factor in this universe D D sometimes plays it that good and evil are like objective truths that can be like recognized by the universe it's like a material description uh sometimes they are used so does anyone have an alignment they want to put forward just as a way to like get people's uh, appetites wet yeah i put a i put down neutral good as probably the most um like accurate i could i could think him to be Interesting. like he 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 might have fundamental disagreements on the concept of bringing people back in some cases, but he doesn't, he's not malicious. He he believes in doing good and treating people right. Part of the reason why he's here is that he knows he looks like a scary monster and also accepts the fact that people like him, even if they wanted to be revived, are probably less likely to get a pass as a result of that. I would also say Lillian is also neutral good. Uh, my reasoning for them is that uh, not chaotic good because Faye isn't like breaking the laws or like going like like really hard on any kind of beliefs aside from like believing that everybody deserves a second chance and not really lawful good either because uh, I think fair like opinion on what makes someone good or not is just okay well did, did, did are you going to make up for what you did okay that's cool just a very like forgiving like neutral good like uh, everyone's good at heart kind of view on things yeah all these character sheets i'm gonna post them on patreon.com but i'm sure everyone else will post them in the discord on social media and stuff so you you can see all the little details like uh i've written in the flaws box for hyalia inflexible both physically and mentally <laughs> so i think that that's <laughs> something fun to play into it's gonna take her a couple hours to turn around and face the other way <laughs> and also she has a way of doing things and is not really interested in changing that so Awesome. So we got a bunch of goody two-shoes and a neutral observer. We've got our cast of characters. We have Stranger, the Harvestkin Druid, Lillian Sparage, uh, the Dryad Bard, and Hylia, the Treant Fighter. I think uh, this is quite the crew. Yeah. Isn't it weird? That, what a coincidence we're all plants, huh? How did that happen? So strange. It, it's, we all mind-melded. <laughs> It's almost as though you guys coordinated it for a season where you're going to be dealing with an island of plants, which is where I want to start you. I want to talk about a tree. Can you indulge me with that for a second? Well, Austin just did for like five minutes. So, yeah, we probably can. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's really reductive. I'm not a tree. I'm a tree person. They're completely separate. It's fucked up. Um, people are just big apes. I mean, it's true. Some of us are bigger than others. <laughs> I would like to turn everyone's attention. Have any of you heard of a banyan tree before? That sounds familiar. Not only have I heard of a banyan tree, there's a million of them where I'm from. I sent you a thousand images on my last trip to Florida being like, look at these sexy trees. They're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, these are astonishingly cool trees. Uh... They are basically what looks like, uh, like a, uh, like a kind of like a rat king of trees. Honestly, <laughs> like it's all these trees that are like amalgamated together. Also, don't search rat king on your own. Don't <laughs> just for your own sake. This is a bunch of trees that look like they have like kind of combined together and then sort of just jut out. Uh, these things are massive. 
Uh, some of them can be the size of like several football fields. And you all are standing in front of an enormous one. This one is kind of impossible for you to truly comprehend the scale of because it is it is ginormous. It is sort of this giant focal point that you can see from any part of the island. Um, and you are near kind of the bottom of this tree where there is a sort of an, 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 a crude entranceway. And there is a uh, gentleman standing at the entrance who I'm going to add a little icon for. It might take a second. Uh, but they are they are a human with dark skin and an afro and an attire that could best be described as sort of Sergeant Pepper Lonely Hearts Club style bright clothing. And they are going to approach you and say, Hello there, folks. Y'all the new vibe checkers? Oh my god, look at this gentleman. <laughs> Why does he have so much style? <laughs> he, do, he do be dripping. Oh, he's from the wet side. <laughs> he's, he's got so much drip. <laughs> We're already adding so much lore. Um, yeah, uh, hi, Elias, walking uh, towards uh, the extremely uh, dripped out gentleman um, and just like, uh, I think, sketching the place. She has a, like a big scroll uh, and is already trying to draw the scene. Uh, so that, that's what she doesn't answer the question. She's being rude, I think, deliberately. <laughs> uh, it should be noted this character kind of laughs and uh, looks back and forth towards Hylia uh, and Lillian. And just sort of uh, turns his attention exclusively towards Stranger. He says, I apologize. That was maybe a bit rude. You see, I'm already a bit acquainted with these two as they've spent some time on this island. But you are the new one here. So I think I have uh, most of the explaining to do to you. Uh, Stranger will um, take this like low, exaggerated bow. He, he doesn't have like bones or anything because he's just made out of vines. Uh, he doesn't really have like lower body. He he kind of moves like a uh, like a nineteen twenties uh, rubber hose cartoon character. Like he's just <laughs> approximating like human like humanoid movement for the courtesy of others. And he like takes his hat off and goes, "Yes, it is nice to meet you. And I am here for the position." So <laughs> so you're a pumpkin made of vines moving like a Fleischer cartoon. Yeah. Okay. It's fucking sick. <laughs> well, I can't say it's much of a position, partner. There's not really a pay associated with it, if that's what you're here for. Consider this more of a um, community service to an extent. There's a lot of expectations riding on all y'all, because we provide here a pretty important service to not just this island, but the whole world. You see, inside of this tree is quite a stunning power. And we have all these people coming to this here island trying to find out if we can bring back their folks. And it's tough. That's demanding to bring back anybody, especially without any idea. Make sure we're not bringing back, you know, some serial killer or something worse. 
But this island, this tree, has a special little ability that allows us to sort of peer inside of a person, get a chance to know them, ruminate around in sort of their history, and gives you an idea on who they are. I don't know if this is the polite term to call it, but I just came upon calling it vibe checking. Hi, Elliot. I wrote this entire speech in calligraphy, decorating it with images of all the, the party and this mysterious person whose name they almost certainly know, although Austin doesn't know it. <laughs> yes. Uh, sorry, I forgot to have this character introduce themselves. He says, my name is Speaker Mox. Just Mox for short. But some of the people here on the island, longtime residents, have taken to referring to me as the Speaker. Perhaps because I... I can hear this big old tree back here. You can speak to it? I mean, all of us can speak to it. Hearing something back, though, seems to be something only I am able to do. Then tell me, why are you stepping down from your position? Well, there, that's a very good question. Uh, I must say that it's a lot of responsibility for one person, which is why there are multiple of you taking on this position in the future. There's a lot riding on what you do, and I think it's too tough a decision for one person to be making that. It's too easy to make mistakes. A valid reason if there ever was one. I've been doing it for a while though, You'll find some people that have been brought back here on the island. Faye over there, her friend. I brought them back. You could probably find them over at the gig. So, I guess my name will ring out to some extent here, but consider me a mentor for you for any questions you have about this whole process. And I cannot be more thankful that you were able to bring Needles back. And I'm also so grateful to be able to join you in learning how to do this wonderful task. Well, that is uh, quite a lot. I would uh, like to again reiterate that I, I did not bring her back. There are teams that help achieve making sure these body parts then get into the well. I just made sure she had another opportunity, which was only possible because... You went and brought her all the way out here. Well, you were part of that. We just and now I get to be a part of that too. Well, I'm glad you have enthusiasm. It will be uh, needed because this job can be a tad taxing at times. Checking somebody's vibe isn't as simple as uh, just kind of reading off an itinerary of what they've done in their life. You kind of go along with it and most folks here considering the dead had kind of a tumultuous life if you know what i mean pray tell mr mox what was your criteria how did you weigh their heart against a feather hmm Mm, that's another good question there, stranger. I guess if I had to say, 
I tried to gauge whether the world would be a better place if I brought them back or not. If it was sort of a net good sort of situation. But as I said, it's not always easy to tell about that. Sometimes what you see about people can be misleading. It takes time to sort of get to the core of who they are. I hope y'all like mysteries. Oh, I love mysteries. That's one of my favorite kind of genre to perform. One of the better selling genres of fiction. She says, <laughs> not looking up. <laughs> yeah, I think when uh, Mox says that his main criteria was, is if the world uh, it would be better off with them in it, uh, Stranger just sort of like uh uh like hums uh in confirmation like i've heard what you've said uh, but doesn't really like give any reaction that would indicate his opinion on that um that criteria hi Elia has an ability called speech of beast and leaf which is from the Fearbolg uh, abilities uh, advantage on charisma checks to animals and plants uh can i get a sense of the giant banyan tree, just how it makes me feel. Because it, it's so big and can be seen anywhere on the island. It has the magical ability to uh, read someone's heart. <laughs> so I, what, does it, what does it make me feel being in its presence? Sure, Austin, this is a great opportunity for you to do the first roll of the season. Oh, yeah. And we're also learning about advantage and disadvantage for new listeners. Advantage means roll twice and take... The higher roll, which I'm about to do. Uh, I got an 18 and a zero. <laughs> oh my Ooh. lord. It's I, so I, good I, that that was advantage because that zero was a botch minus one, which is I, just I, the worst that could happen. Yeah, I, I, I very much enjoy that you almost led the season with the botch. Always a great time. But instead, you rolled phenomenally, and 18 is extraordinarily high. Uh, so I will say that as you try to sort of commune with this tree, the feeling you get. Um, would be uh, incredible power. There's there's sort of um, a very difficult to describe presence being in sort of the face of this tree. There is like a palpable energy that you can feel, not like electricity or anything like that, but just sort of like um, a, a like almost tangible gravitas to it all, where. Without really knowing much about this tree, you know that this thing is powerful in a way that is sort of difficult for you to comprehend. Like you're able to look at like a bodybuilder and be like, ah, yes, they are very strong. Uh, whereas this is something that is almost like uh, like a landmark of such importance that it, it carries across this feeling to you that is cosmically uh, uh, powerful. Yeah, I wonder what the consequence of botching on this would be. Because this is this is like the thing that is the season's premise. So getting off on a bad foot would have been uh, upsetting. Uh, so with yeah, with eighteen, she just kind of uh, you know reaches up and like runs a hand along it. Honestly, everything you just described is how I feel about being in the presence of a banyan tree. That doesn't even seem like D and D stuff. Uh, <laughs> they're they're really large and uh, uh, impressive. So. Uh, that all that all checks out. She is she's intrigued. She has like several different uh you know uh, scrolls with her. She has like starting like 
uh, writing, here's here's my writing on Speaker Mox, here's my writing on Stranger, here's my writing on Lillian, and just starting another one for the tree. Does the tree have a name? Uh, if you ask in character, Speaker Mox will just say, no name to the tree. Just sort of goes by what it is. I don't think names really carry the same significance to someone like this. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, Stranger will uh, smile at that, actually. I guess I should explain to you how this whole process will go then. Feel free to interrupt me, ask any questions you might have along the way. But, you know, I guess this is uh, orientation for all you folks. Basically, all that needs to be done is some minor preparations for the tree. Maybe just some candlelight or something like that. Not exactly candles, but you know, some stuff to make sure that you can see yourselves inside. And then you bring inside the remnants. Some folk have it in little containers. Some folks just bring you a big bone. And whatever it is, y'all bring it in here. But usually first, take the time to talk to the person bringing it. They'll give you a little bit of a heads up on maybe the sort of person you're going to be interacting with along the way. Then you'll sort of find yourselves uh, inside of them in a way. Or the memory. Or it's hard to describe. You aren't experiencing everything they saw so much as everything they think they knew. And what happened to them in that bit. And it can be intense. You might find yourselves being attacked. You might find yourselves under duress. But I want to assure you right now. Ain't nothing can kill you in there. You can get hurt. Real bad. But I don't believe anyone can die from what goes on in there. Perhaps that will set your mind a little bit as ease. Well, it does bring down the dramatic tension. Maybe I'll just leave that detail out. I think readers would like the suspense. Well, even if we did die, we are a rather short trip to coming back, aren't we? You can see that. You, you can see Lillian like was putting their hand down, obviously about to ask, "If you die in the mind, do you die for real?" <laughs> You know what? Since Austin brings it up, sure. If you die in, if you die in the tree video game, you die in real life. Oh, <laughs> I didn't no. mean to change your lore. I was just trying to. I was just trying to be an annoying writer about it because that's my character. Oh no! I'm sorry about the meta commentary that my. <laughs> All right. All right, M Night Shyamalan well, said Austin. So I think Quinn is gonna shoot you. Hey, how could you do this? I'm sorry. Um. Oh boy. Mox will continue saying, while you're inside, you'll poke around, figure things out. And I ain't never really figured out exactly how it ends, but usually as you come to have a pretty clear picture of who this person is, it'll all come to an end. You come out, and y'all make your decisions. I brought a sword. Yeah, I mean, that's good to have. As I said, you might be fighting things while you're inside of it. Anything you bring with you comes inside their tree with you. Oh, wonderful. 
Hylia uh, shows off her weapon. Uh, they don't make swords uh, treant size, so her her weapon, which is flavored as a long sword for statistical purposes, is actually a bundle of like a dozen other swords she has picked up along her journey. Sometimes she just finds them. Sometimes people try to like you know jump her like bandits on the road, and she just t- takes all of their weapons and makes a big uh, composite weapon. Same thing with her shield. Her shield is like. 20 other shields melted together to be for a person her size. So both of her weapons have this very strange cobbled together look. They don't seem particularly high quality. Like her sword isn't like sharp or good, but she just has the strength to reduce someone to paste (laughs) with her pure brawn. So that's her strategy. Do we have a client to see now? Indeed you do. You can find uh, Hopper over down at the gig, the hotel that most people stay at on the island. Halia and Lillian should be well acquainted with it, but strangely, you can all get yourself set up there too if you're interested. Just uh, speak to the robot. I think I will do that, although I prefer to be out in nature to rest. But this is not my home, and I do not know what it is like here at night. Hmm. Whether that is your choice, you're more than welcome to do it. I myself spend all my nights outside as well. I think we should make our way to the gig then, friends, for we have work to do. Before we leave, can I get an insight on Speaker Mox? I want to see what what I'm gleaning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we should, I guess, briefly describe that insight checks in D&D are used to basically give you a general vibe of a person in a way this season is you guys doing uh rollless giant insight checks on people so i think that's a good choice to do here yeah i'm gonna hit the button that's a botch oh <laughs> oh um, my god two no. botches this season you didn't get the first <laughs> so this wow, is not bode well <laughs> <laughs> that is very bad. I will say that in many things in D&D, uh, you have the opportunity to do it with a group of characters. So I will present the opportunity for Stranger and Lillian to also uh, offer an insight check as well. Sure, why not? I'm good at that button. I got a crit. I got a crit. <laughs> 27. <laughs> oh, no. Is this how it's going to be? Is this the season uh, where Dan <laughs> just owns my ass in front of everyone? I can't remember how to connect D D and D Beyond to uh, the roll twenty, but I did also get a crit twenty eight. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> so this could not have gone uh, more radically different. Uh, it's, this is, I guess, a good reason why you should do uh, everything in teams because uh, Austin went from having to almost eat his ass in his first roll to everybody <laughs> helping him out. So I will say, with these two crits, you guys. Um, get uh, a a sign from Speaker Mox that he is genuinely trying to be helpful. Uh, but this also seems to be somebody who has a lot of weight on him. Uh, it is somewhat difficult to see, but anytime you do get to uh, glance at his eyes, there is a wariness to them. Uh, this person seems to have seen a lot. Uh, hi, Aaliyah. You just think Speaker Mox is cool, though. You're like, <laughs> look at this style. Look at this drip. This guy is just 
absolutely fantastic. You can't imagine there being anything wrong with this person. Uh, just, just writing a big uh, calligraphy picture of the guy just says, the coolest guy ever. Just draw, drawing Bruno Mars on this scroll. Is that your 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 reference for the coolest person ever is Bruno Mars? <laughs> I didn't say she had good taste. I'm just saying oh, that's wow. what she did. Take that, all you Marziacs out there. So, so we've established that like this is a very taxing job, and as you noted, it's um like we're potentially experiencing how they died along with other things. Um, has there been like any notable revivals right before he gave up this position, or people that tried to get revived that might be like, pers- like causing this breaking point for him that we might be aware of? So I will say that uh, both Lillian and Hialeah would know that Speaker Mox has only stepped down from his position as the vibe checker very recently. Um, But any more information than that would be something you'd have to check with sort of characters in the game world to figure out. Fast travel to gig. Uh, Let's go to the gig. (laughs) Wonderful place. Yeah, you guys are going to be traveling to the gig. Uh, I just always need to check. Are there any conversations you all have with each other as your newfound co-workers along the way? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Stranger will turn to uh, Lillian and ask them, um, tell me, why did you choose to bring your friend back? Well, we had started getting really close back when she came to uh, through my town, uh, back in a uh, good old nature biome, and we'd been friends for a couple months before that. Just so the worst thing happened, and I had to come and f- find her like that, and it was just the saddest thing. And you know, she never really mentioned any family or anything, so I thought, well, it's only fair to give her a second chance. So I came all the way from nature over here to nature too. (laughs) And I did everything I could to make sure that she could get back. She is possibly one of my dearest friends. One of your dearest friends now, but at the time you say that you did not know her quite well? We had just been getting started to know each other. It had been a couple months before that happened. I see. Thank you for telling me this. Of course, I love talking about my friends. Hi, Alia. Anything you would like to say to these two people? Yeah, I'm just. I'm thinking. There's. We're so weird. <laughs> we're just the weirdest little group of fucking creatures. <laughs> we're all. Uh, Actually, um, I think maybe a fun question to ask uh, is: Hialeah is, uh, I imagine, to some degree slower than the rest of the party. Like, what's your character's move speed considered? That's a great question. I think technically it's 30, which is like human, because uh, although she does move her body slower, she's uh, just much longer legged. So mm. uh, much like me, if you've ever tried walking next to me before, you'd be surprised <laughs> how far ahead of you I get, even though I, I can, you know, one functional leg just because they're so long. I throw them ahead of me and that drags me very quickly. So, yeah, it, I feel like she is uh, 
keeping a pace uh, against all odds. And she's like looking down because she's much taller than either of you. And like watching you interact, and just uh, once again, uh, just writing this stuff, <laughs> I I, just, I didn't realize how rude my character was gonna be. It's it's coming to me now that I'm just gonna be a weird judgmental freak <laughs> looking down on everyone and just writing down like, ah, uh, this 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 guy has got some strange vibes. So what's this whole pumpkin deal? Uh, actually, uh, Strangel has a question for Hylia, uh, too. Um, tell me, you're trying to chronicle as much as you can you've lived a long life you have a well here that can bring back just about anyone why not find an oh i don't know an archaeological site dig up a body you would have access to stories that we quite frankly would not be able to tell just uh, without bringing them back just gathering bits of half uh, educated guesses otherwise yeah, I believe uh, originally it was first come, first serve. And then just so many people started making a pilgrimage that they had to, you know, create some kind of system. So the the queue is, what's it up to, Mox? 10 years, 20 years? How many? How long do you have to wait? I mean, it take a couple years sometimes. Depends on how long you're willing to wait, though. People drop out. Exactly. I mean... That's what we're trying to help the situation because the worst thing to do would be to just let anyone do anything they want and then we have a bunch of villains running around while, you know, the serpents gobbling up all the nice people. I, have you have you seen it? I've seen a drawing of the serpent, but I, I, I haven't seen it in person yet. I can't say that I have, although I have heard it is uh, rather interested in riddles and mental games. You think that's true? I heard that too. I thought that was like propaganda. Or it's like they're trying to make you think, oh, like, oh, only the smartest people can get past the snake. But I was like, that can't be true. Snakes can't talk. They don't understand riddles. What is, it's, what's a riddle to a snake? How many eggs can you fit in your mouth? <laughs> well, generally, it's one with a snake. <laughs> I'm trying to think if Lillian would have seen that because, like, I I don't know how, like, the actually going to the well part works because like they brought their friend here and like barb is back it did work <laughs> but I, I i i i don't know if lillian would have gone down into the water part i don't know how that works <laughs> yeah my assumption is all the dry characters are going to stay dry all the wet characters are going to stay wet and there will be very little crossover just because we can't breathe each other's uh, you know, atmosphere. Although mm-hmm. we're about to reveal the one location where they may interact, but for my starting assumption is that nobody in above team has been below, and nobody in below team has been above. Right. So, so Lillian's just like has also heard about the riddle snakes and thinks it's very fun that they do riddles. Uh, continuing the conversation about uh, reviving people, uh, Stranger will ask Hylia. Uh, what do you believe the base criteria to bring someone back is? You know, I've written a lot about some people who are considered very bad. 
And you, you always find out they have good things about him. Like, oh, he was a war criminal. He ate babies. But, like, he really liked dogs. And he, like, made really cool paper mache sculptures. And then you, there's, like, heroes. are like, oh, he saved the realm. Oh, you put out all the fires at the orphanage. But then it's like he chewed with his mouth open and he snored so loud. So people, uh, you know, there are lands of contradiction. And I'm just going to try to keep an open mind for the details, you know? Like... The, like I'm a, I'm an objective observer. I have to go where the story is, and I can't just like insert myself uh, in my own values and biases. I think in a way, this job isn't so much about choosing who to revive. It's more of choosing who you have to kill. <laughs> she <laughs> immediately writing that down. <laughs> what a hard line. <laughs> oh, that's pretty hard. <laughs> Uh, going back to all my little drawings of Stranger and, uh, and making him 10% cooler. <laughs> uh, on that note, would I be able to get a perception check from everybody? Sure. If you ask nicely. Mm-hmm. Please. <laughs> Please. 18. 11. All right. We got an 11, an 18, and an 11 from the party. That is a pass. Uh, Hialeah rolled the highest, so I'm going to say from your tall vantage point, you were able to spot uh, what looks like uh, an altercation about to happen between several creatures on this island. Um, as you uh, are able to spot, you can see uh, three predators, and it looks like one prey, but it's a little hard to make out the details from here. Would you like to investigate any closer? Three predators? Is, is Arnold Schwarzenegger the prey? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the whole party's going to go? Yeah. Yeah. You fucking simpleton. You know they're called Yautja. They're not pre- the predator is a description. It's not the name of the alien. Well, come on. Well, for, we don't know that if predator is like the English translation of Yautja. We, we don't speak Yautja. You're trying to cover up for your ignorance. <laughs> if they were if they were Yautja, Quinn obviously would have said that. I have been getting a shocking number of predator lore TikToks recently. <laughs> That's on you. <laughs> You're watching them, so it keeps giving them to you. Well, I don't know what really started it. It just occurred. Yeah, I mean, if, we, if we're seeing if we're seeing an altercation, I am going towards it. But also, and I'm sorry, I keep saying this. Definitely uh, describing it, writing it down, drawing pictures of it. Uh, this is my this is my thing this season. Actually, should I just make a calligraphy check because I have proficiency in this? Yeah, what you absolutely yeah absolutely go for it. 17. Yeah. How would you like to describe it? How, is, how does your calligraphy come across? Is it, is it you know, obviously it's sort of flourishing by design, but like what particular uh, applications does Hialeah bring to it? So there are, there are, paint us a picture. So there are a number of different calligraphy styles. Like every culture kind of has an equivalent. Um, I did, you know, some research into this, but I, I'm not an art historian by any measure. I will say the thing that jumps out to me because of my predilections is uh, a manuscript illumination for in like uh, Bibles and stuff during, you know, the medieval period. Uh, there's, a, there's a game, there's a video game about this that came out recently. Uh, but these kind of, um, you know, writing in text, like big, broad, clear 
writing and then all these tiny intricate drawings that go like around the text uh so it, it creates this it's both you know uh functional and beautiful is the idea calligraphy literally greek meaning beautiful writing <laughs> awesome so i would like to describe some of the creatures you come upon if that's okay mm-hmm. um an image has just been added into the roll twenty. Fuck uh, you! Would someone like to describe this for me? <laughs> Fuck you! It's a you. dandelion. It's... it's a lion that's a dandelion. It's got a little puffy tail. How is this not a Pokemon uh... already? They how they fucked up so bad. <laughs> they they made a grass cat and then they just made it like a guy. <laughs> so no, it's a magician. How dare you! That's a man. That's a person. (laughs) Yeah. So this is a creature uh, that is resembling a lion. It has a big fluffy mane. You know, it has a tail. It's cat-like. But everything on this island, I need to stress, is plant life. There is no uh, fauna exactly. This is just a different kind of flora, really. Uh, It is what is called a dandelion. And there are three of these surrounding and stalking sort of uh, a bull equivalent of this, or uh, I guess, uh, what do you call it? What's what's the family name for, for like, cows? Bovine? An ungulate? Bovine, yeah. Ungulate, yeah. Ungulate? Uh, it is surrounding a lone bovine. Oh, bovine. <laughs> Okay. Uh-huh. I put the wrong emphasis. I was really like uh, uh, Christopher Walken announcing the Foo Fighters, where he's like, Foo Fighters! For a second, I was like, a, a, a cow made of ribbons? I don't see how this... Austin, cut out the part where I was stupid. It's a bovine! Get it. Yeah, uh, so I'm, 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 right, I'm drawing the dandelions and the bovine, and I'm loving it. Uh, this this kicks ass. Yeah, uh, I would like to note these names, not designed by me. These are all names taken from our excellent Discord, which you can always join uh, completely free. You can find a link on any episode. A lot of great conversations happen there. I think Stranger sees this like predation happening, and he cocks his head for a moment, but he's very nonplussed by it. He's not. He feels no need to to interfere in the natural order here. Damn, I really thought you two were going to step up. <laughs> I really... Oh, no. We can't be so passive. <laughs> please, Lillian, please be a good person. I was really hoping that I could try to maybe, like, animal handling, maybe mm. try to get the lions to disperse in some way. I don't know if they want to fight anything but i i think that seeing like a like a cow like a little bovine like being surrounded by animals would make lillian so sad don't let me die lillian (laughs) is this a person i was not aware of this uh no this is just quinn making silly sounds yeah absolutely roll me an animal handling check to see if you could defuse this situation all right, animal handling. That's a plus three. I got a 12. So 
you are able to get the attention of these lions easily enough, these deity lions. Uh, their attention is turned to you, uh, but I will say that they are not uh, completely uh, dissuaded from this situation. In their mind, they're like, there's still more of us than, than you. You're just one person. We can eat you too if we want. <laughs> Damn, the math really does check out, no. though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to say that the... Uh, image for this uh, at least somewhat successful animal handling is that uh, Lillian pulls down like this green and gold masquerade mask over their face. This uh-huh. is uh, their uh, arcane like focus a- as a bard and uh, like kind of like did like a um, like a cartwheel onto the scene to like get their attention like whoa look at me don't look at the bovine look at me <laughs> Uh, I think this is a situation where there might be a, a little extra step needed to see if you can scare these bova or these dandelions away. Uh, otherwise, they might just turn their attention towards you instead. Uh, yeah, he he'll uh, stranger will step in now that this seems to be Lillian potentially getting herself eaten. He was just fine with letting nature, you know, run its course normally. Uh, but we have inserted ourselves into the situation already. Just like it, it, I'm I'm imagining the scene happening as like maybe like like strangers like oh yeah cir- circle of life yada yada and then <laughs> Lillian just starts making like a fucking clown of themselves. Uh, stranger will cast um, entangle to try to uh, wrap up these uh, these dandelions so uh, Lillian can and the rest of them can skedaddle away. Uh, while okay. uh, while they're caught up, can you uh, describe to me what the spell entangle does? Uh, grasping weeds and vines sprout from the ground in a twenty foot square, starting from a point within range. Uh, for the duration, these plants uh, turn the ground, the area into difficult terrain. Uh, a creature. Oh, it's a single creature. I did not know that. Ooh, that's bad. <laughs> um, uh oh. Okay, whatever looks like the lead lion. Uh, the I guess the the dominant uh, uh, lion of the pride. Uh, stranger will attempt to restrain, and the rest of them are stuck in difficult terrain. Uh, they need to make a uh, let's see, a strength saving throw or be restrained. All right, and with saving throws uh, that I'm making, I need to roll a dice and then beat a particular number. What number am I trying to match or beat? 15. 15? I rolled a 21. Oh, no. I just realized that we're about to roll initiative for combat. Uh, my character's uh, stats and personality line up so much, she has the lowest initiative bonus possible in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do think this is a situation. They see that a spell has been cast on them, and uh, these these dandelions are now sort of aggroed. So at this point, I would need initiative checks from everybody. Yep, I got a six. I got a I got a botch. <laughs> I got a three. <laughs> I also rolled a botch, so it's okay. What the fuck? <laughs> Seven. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh yeah apparently a lot of low numbers there so it looks like our order is going to be high or uh, it's going to be lillian first and hialeah stranger and then our dandelion so lillian you're up first there are three of these dandelions here and they look like all of their aggression is about to be turned towards stranger 
Yeah, what Lillian wants to do is, uh, after kind of making, like, a show of, like, getting the, like, dandelions to look at them, don't look at the bovine, look at me, uh, they're going to cast Minor Illusion to uh, create, like, a loud, like, fireworks kind of popping noise to, to like, ho- in the hopes that it, like, kind of gets the lions, like, like, either to run off or at least, like, kind of get, like, startled. All right, so you're making loud popping noises. Uh, minor illusion. We're kind of playing loosey goosey with the rules here a little bit, but these lions have to try to figure out if what's actually happening is real or not. So they need to uh, do what is called an investigation check. They don't have that skill, so this is just a flat intelligence check. And it turns out dandelions are pretty dumb, so I don't think so. Yeah, they botched, and it was a negative three. <laughs> so I'm gonna say uh, that two lions are actually scared off by this 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 gesture, uh, but the biggest sort of alpha lion that a uh, stranger tried to spell on is still sticking around. It wants it wants a fight. And that is Lillian's turn after a little bit of goofing and gallivanting, trying to figure things out. <laughs> All right. Hi, Aaliyah. You're up next. All right. So seeing that the combat has started, she does put the scroll away and heft her long sword, which I said is, you know, made of a bunch of different swords, all kind of uh, melted together. I'm picturing the grafted uh, blade greatsword from Elden Ring. Have you seen that? And I didn't discuss what kind of fighter she is. She is a rune carver, uh, the rune knight from the that giants focused book. But instead of uh, the flavor of being part of giant culture where you carve runes to have effects, uh, just the variety of swords she has gathered over the years. Some of them just are enchanted. Uh, it's not really her business. She didn't do it on purpose. But this this is a world with magic swords. So she is going to swing. Uh, she has extra attack at level 5, so I get to 26 and a 14. Interesting. All right, well, both of those are going to hit. These are just normal lions. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, you're going to do some damage. So there's going to be 2d10 plus 12. Uh, and that- plus 12? Yeah, both of those have plus 6 on two hits. So that's 17 damage. Is that going to kill uh, the dandelion? That is uh, not going to kill the dandelion, but it is going to put uh, quite a a chunk into them, so to speak. Uh, Your attack absolutely hits home and is uh, quite damaging. Uh, And so when the the blades make contact, uh, an arcane rune on one of the the scavenged swords lights up. Uh, This is an ability called Fire Rune. When I deal damage, I can add 2d6 to the damage as fiery chains leap out and wrap around the creature so first let's get the extra 2d6 damage uh and that is going to be four so not a ton but (laughs) you need to make a strength saving throw or become uh restrained by fiery chains that leap out of my weapon all right the lions roll a 10 that's not going to do it oh no strength is my whole thing so I'm, you're all wrapped up in fiery chains coming out of my uh, completely Frankenstein weapon, and this this tree is towering over this animal. Yeah, uh, it, it's worth noting your attack is not only uh, damaging; it is uh, palpably brutal for this creature that is made almost entire that is made entirely out of you know plant life to some degree. They are extremely flammable. 
Yeah. Uh, so it seems <laughs> like your attack is very effective. There is sort of this metal biblical moment going on of you wrapping this lion in chains on fire and it kind of uh, <laughs> not screaming I don't want it to be that horrific but you know roaring out as it's it's in quite a, a bad position right now this is the most self-indulgent character I've ever made I'm like oh she's a sensitive nerd she writes stories she d- does have a cool sword <laughs> this, is, this is such self-insert OC shit I'm sorry <laughs> Uh, all right, Stranger looks a little bit sad that this has developed in the way that it has, uh, and he's going to try to put it out of its misery and use the Produce Flame cantrip. Uh, Stranger, because he's this, like, wiggly vine person, um, he has actually a lot of problems standing up straight, and like a scarecrow, he's got, a like, a wooden post, uh, ra- uh, tied to his back, and across his shoulders to keep him in this roughly humanoid form. And off of his one shoulder uh, is a trailing vine carrying this old, uh, like, fancy, ornate gothic lantern uh, that's a little bit rusted over uh, that has, like, a light uh, glow inside of it. And from there, he's going to cast Produce Flame and throw a fireball at this this dandelion. 16. 16 is absolutely going to hit. Dan, describe to me how you incinerate this dandelion. Um, I don't think this is like the brutal like incineration you get in maybe like a like a horrific. uh, I don't think this is a brutal incineration. I think this is like this final fireball uh, reaches out from his or blasts out from his lantern. And then the dandelions uh, there like stops moving for a moment and then just turns to ash and blows away in the wind. Mm. Uh, yeah, so you have uh, effectively defeated the dandelions. They have run away. You can see the bovine is uh, very grateful for your services. You can tell because it's just eating the ground uh and staring at you <laughs> that is cannibalism adjacent we're all we're all on the same page right <laughs> hey, we're all cannibals when you think about it really i don't think that's true quinn i need you to think deeply about what you just said <laughs> no we've all eaten people to some degree you ever, you ever like bite at your cuticles bam you've done yeah it. boom <laughs> cannibal <laughs> All right, episode one, we're all cannibals. The SEO on this is going to be great. Uh, I will note that with all this fire magic, it has seemed that there is a little uh, flame remnants kind of hitting the ground and sort of uh, just embering there. I don't know if that's a verb, but there's just small ones there. And uh, Speaker Mox is going to wave his hand and a small rain cloud will appear to sort of put out the the fires that are still going on there. Yeah, I was literally about to say Hylia will turn to Stranger and just say, what's the big idea? <laughs> Wiggly guy? We're all extremely flammable. I'm actually less flammable. Baobabs can contain a lot of water in their trunk, which is why we change in size, uh, which is an ability I actually have from the fear bulk. I'll, uh, I'll tell you about it later, but uh, fire, why? You you did literally... Do, sorry, I just went into Buford's voice. Uh, you, you did quite literally do it a moment before I did, so I figured you were setting a precedent there. I have no control over what these swords do. I just glued them together. <laughs> you probably you should probably remove that one then. 
I'm afraid. It's. I think it's glued to another one that will explode. I don't want to move it. It's. They have so many abilities. This one. Can you hear it whispering? It keeps telling me to kill. This one's very nice though. It makes. It just. It just shoots tea out of the tip. Where'd you get the whispering sword? We have a lot of those where I come from. <laughs> where do you come from? Uh, do do are we just still going with like the biomes uh, X biome as the name of the place or are now, these like countries now? <laughs> now I think eventually they'll all get real names. I mean, although I li- I'm literally from Florida, which just means like flower place. So you know that's how <laughs> names can happen sometimes. But now I think most of the biomes in the world have uh, you know less rigid names. Um, yeah, uh, I'm from. But let's say you're a little bit far away from here. Mysterious. I, w- I, w- <laughs> I, w- I would like to add that while those two were having sword a uh, sword conversation, uh, Lillian was dramatically yelling to the bovine, Be free, you beautiful creature! Get out of here! Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and now Stranger will ask Lillian a philosophical question and say, Tell me, do you think the dandelions deserve to starve to death? No. I would just like to make sure that the bovine stays alive a little longer. (laughs) They're kind of starting to, like, cry a little bit. Very emotional about that very kind of nothing thing. Like, just, like, one cow. Yeah, Stranger won't press the issue further, but he's taking note of how Lillian's reacting. Absolutely. This, I think both of us were like, yeah, that's animals. That's fine. But then she got involved. I was like, well, we can't let, we can't let our coworker get mauled to death by three lions. So uh, that, yeah, that's why I got involved there. But I, I think I, I more agree with you or my character does. I, I don't want to see any animal violence. <laughs> I, 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 I pretend I do not see it. <laughs> All right. Uh if there's nothing else, we're going to continue on until you characters reach the gig. Yeah, the aforementioned area where below characters and above characters can interact occasionally. This was uh, this is uh, kind of the center point of uh, some of our pre-production. Tell me about this, Quinn. It's so exciting that you're in, you're the lead. <laughs> you're the first recording. You're kind of, if you think about it, in charge. <laughs> I hate it. I'm I'm vomiting in my mouth every second. Uh, So yeah, there have been a a lot of different variations of how this season was going to go, and I'm sure we'll talk about it to some extent later on. But one variation of the story we were going to do was going to center around a a giant hotel. Uh, And while things change, the uh, presence of this hotel is actually a factor that stuck as sort of this connecting point between the wet and dry, the above and below teams. So uh, as a sort of stark anomaly amongst all of this plant life, there is a structure that is partially made uh, using sort of uh, flora to help with, you know, holding things together, but otherwise is using some measure of like actual constructed material, stones, bricks, stuff like that. Uh, A sort of quirky hotel. Uh, It is... Uh, well put together, like it is uh, not a, uh, like a, you know, uh, stopgap sort of construction, but it is clear that like tons of different sorts of materials have gone into the construction of this place. There is not a lot of flourish to it on the outside. Everything seems very like 
structurally fine, so to speak. Uh, but everything looks very good, and this place is sort of a, an easy landmark for you to find because as it sort of uh, sits in this, this location where there is absolutely no other kind of civilization around it, really. Yeah, plant creatures, uh, you know, plant people like us don't traditionally that much housing. Uh, we like to vibe out in nature, I think, as everyone has expressed. Uh, but this is a place where people come from all over the world to try to get their loved ones brought back. So there's got to be a place for them to stay. And uh, this is the beginning yeah. of this whole uh, kind of economy. We're going to talk about this on, on below as well because they're doing stuff down there. Um, yeah, so the the actual element that these two share together is an element we will explore together. Um, but at this moment, it is worth noting that this is a rather large building. Uh, because there are all sorts that come here. So uh, even with Hialeah's great height, the doors sort of go far higher than even your height could reach. It seems like this place is designed to make sure even the largest sort of folks are able to get inside if they need to. Yeah. From the outside, can you tell that it pierces the ground and goes down into the ocean below? Like, is it like wrapped and held in you know, uh, the, the branches and vines of the, of the island? Or is that something you would only see if you were inside and, like, you know, going down the staircase into the ocean? That's such an interesting question. I, I would believe that you are able to see it if you are looking closely at sort of the edges of the building sort of construction, uh, where there is sort of a bit that maybe uh, you can see that the, the water is is seeping up a little bit but that it actually pierces down i think you would maybe not realize until you stepped inside all right so we're going in uh all right uh as you guys go inside you find uh there is sort of uh i don't want to make this sound like this is a very fancy hotel but i don't want you to think this is like a motel eight either there's actual actual like real flourishing to this place there is art on the walls. It's maybe not good art, uh, but this place has somewhat of an upscale uh, figure to it. And you can see all sorts of folks kind of walking back and forth through it. Uh, but there is a, a sort of a help desk at the front if you'd like to head over there. I Just for my uh, own um, self-masturbatory enjoyment, I'm imagining this as the Hotel Pennsylvania, uh, a no longer functioning hotel in New York City across from African Square Garden, uh, because I spent most of my childhood in that building because my dad was the sales manager there. <laughs> that was deep Abs Dan lore. Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Absolutely. Uh, this is also an opportunity for you guys to help paint this picture with me. Is there anything you would like to establish that this hotel has that you kind of want to point out at this moment? I think if we're walking in on the dry level, uh, it definitely has a, you know, like you just said, a Hotel Pennsylvania kind of atmosphere. I think it's art, like Art Deco is the, the term technically. But I imagine if you like look down, there's like a spiral staircase in the back and you can see that the wet uh rooms the wet half of the hotel is uh dingier we're going to talk more about it but the word saloon is coming to mind i think if you look down the <laughs> stairs they have a different culture kind of going on on the other side uh i think that there is like a old um like uh, maintenance groundkeeper shack outside that has sort of fallen into disrepair and strangers clocking that is where he's probably going to set up because it looks like garbage <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I I imagine that there is 
maybe like some kind of like on the ground floor hotel restaurant bar thing because one of my uh, background features as an entertainer is that Lillian, by a popular demand, can perform can perform somewhere and get free lodging and food of a modest or comfortable standard. So Lillian does a lot of performances in that hotel restaurant. Nice, interesting. You would be uh, quite famous here then. Be- because this is based off the Hotel Pennsylvania, there are going to be a couple of rooms with bed bugs in them. Uh. <laughs> Stranger, are you famous? Because Lillian just uh, explained that you know that feat or that uh, the ability you get. I also have something like that for my background called All Eyes on You as a far traveler. People are like, oh, shit, you've seen some stuff. You're kind of like a big deal. Are you, are you the only one in our group who isn't a big deal? Yeah, I think Stranger is this like – like non sequitur almost he did i think honestly he didn't even get official passage to this island i think he got on the back of someone's produce cart uh, like <laughs> cart full of pumpkins uh, just masqueraded as a scarecrow for nine thousand miles or however far it took him to get here and then just got off the back of the cart well yeah i think i mean highly would even ask like how did you find out about all this? Like, I'm a very well-respected author. My connections cross the continents. You know, Lillian performs uh, to raucous crowds every night. You're just a little man. What's up with that? Uh, where I'm from, we have... Let's call them headhunters. My brother is one. And some stories made their way back to us. And, well... The people that keep me employed, the people I care about and work for, uh, had concerns about this place, and it was decided that I, as a more level-headed member of my uh, group, would be the best to learn more of what exactly goes on here. You're a spooky little fellow, ain't you? <laughs> I try. <laughs> All right, we got this vibe for this place now. We've had uh, some conversations about how spooky Dan's character is. Uh, <laughs> what would you like to do? You're inside of the gig. The world is your oyster. I just need to tell this quick story about the Hotel Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, my my okay. dad, uh, so my dad was the sales manager there for years, right? Uh, most of my childhood, I spent a ton of time there. I was once told the story that my dad was showing the hotel to some people that were like, like planning a big event, right? And they'd have to rent out a bunch of rooms. And he went into the ballroom uh, talking about how clean and nice the place was. And a mouse ran across the floor <laughs> at that moment. And in a panic, he just stepped on it and then did not move from that spot. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's the whole thing. You and I both have hotel stories. I lived in a hotel for a whole year. I think I've told that story on a podcast or two. So you, we, we are uh, uniquely equipped for this setting. We're hotelsmen. Mm-hmm. We are the sweet life of Zach and Cody. <laughs> oh my god good luck with that oh, sweet life of zach and cody season let's go <laughs> that was literally a previous idea for this season. yeah i mean it's kind of we're, we're kind of doing that but not committing fully to the bit we're going outside to see a tree sometimes <laughs> yeah i i would like to go to the front desk and ask about where to find our first our, our very first vibe checking client uh harper i think you said 
Oh, it's not the Harper. I thought they were a Harper, the D&D faction. Is their name Harper? No. Their name is Harper. I thought you were like, oh, Austin, I've established the Harpers are still around. You dick. You can't contradict no, me. I, <laughs> I couldn't give less of a shit about D&D <laughs> factions and lore. Okay. I hope all of it burns. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You approach the counter and you are greeted with uh, this little fellow. Oh, my God. I get to see little fellows. Oh, it's a robot. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I hate it. It's a kindly robo grandpa. Could you describe uh, what you're seeing? I'm seeing a bald robot man with a silver, like, uh, walrus mustache. Yeah, what if Colonel Sanders was a UPS delivery guy instead of whatever the fuck he did? I play Liza P. This guy's evil. <laughs> oh yeah, it looks like uh, it, it, he looks like the puppets from Lazy Town. The ones that kind of have like a uncanny way they move their mouths. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person is a uh, warforged that is in the appearance of an elderly man with very notably a silver mustache. He says, uh, oh, oh, good to see you, fair Lillian. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing wonderfully. There was a little bit of a sad kerfuffle with some animals outside, but we tried to make sure that a beautiful little bovine was protected with, 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 our, with our powers and such. And now we're looking for a particular person that Mox told us to come find named Harper. Oh, well, I'm glad you weren't hurt at all. I'd be ever so distressed if you were. I would make sure that you got proper medical attention. We have plenty of alcohol to sterilize any wounds that you all might have. I think alcohol would kill Lillian. I don't know that you have the metabolism for that. (laughs) Do do any of us have livers? No, but I have only one way to find out. I've got some drinks. Would you like some? Oh my god! <laughs> Not right now. Uh, Maybe later. Stranger takes a drink, drinks it, and it just falls through his open rib cage. <laughs> I actually have interesting. I could actually soak up a lot of liquid and store it. It's one of my bark's many features. So let me just—I'll keep some for later. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely, uh, Miss Hylia. Oh, always good to see you. Now, who is this uh, queer fellow here? You can't be saying that, little robot. <laughs> we don't talk like that anymore. I don't know when you were built. You can't just be saying stuff like that. He's the youngest you person mean? here. He was built to look old. <laughs> you guys uh, built seven years ago. I'll have you know? Do you guys know the tweet? You can't say that, white baby. <laughs> You can't say that, white baby. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm assuming uh, this character is referring to uh, to Stranger. Uh-huh. To Stranger, yes, the person who has uh, a corpse hanging out of them. Uh, I am, I suppose, the new hire. Oh, oh, yes, you all are going to be doing the vibe checking. Oh, marvelous, marvelous. Uh so it's not a Harper, it's a person named Harper. I'm, I'm, she's uh, crossing out uh, her previous description and covering it up using a calligraphy technique called pentimento, where you uh, erase your errors by painting over them. Yeah, pimento. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Park's going to say, oh, no, Harper, you must know him highly. You've seen him around. He's the handyman here. Make sure everything here in the gig topside stays tip-top shape. <laughs> Do you have, like, a switch to make you slightly less the way you are that we can turn? <laughs> There's a lot of knobs back there. I don't remember what they all do, but you're more than welcome to fiddle with them if you'd like. Yeah, I'd like to fiddle with your personality module to make you more of a hambo Jackson, if I may. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's gold up in them there hills. <laughs> I'm sorry about your character, Quinn. This robot's going to have a different personality every episode. I... Uh, yeah, Parks, as this character introduces themselves to you, stranger, uh, is going to say, Oh, yes, I think you can find Harper outside, hard at work, making sure that the hotel can continue to expand in case we need to take on more residents. Should I get you a room here? Uh, I see there's an old shack outside. Is that currently in use? Well, I think Harper stores things in there he needs for building, but otherwise is unoccupied. Then I think that will suffice. Are you going to make it a haunted shack? Well, I I think I would have to kill someone for that, and that's not really in the job description here. It's actually the opposite of the job description. I'm just checking. You're a rather spooky fellow there yourself. I think that's a little bit racist, what you've said. But, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, you, you are really, correct. Yeah, you can't really, be saying that, white baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm really taking a lot of walks on this conversation, aren't I? <laughs> well, if you need me for anything, I shall be here uh, cleaning out glasses and re-examining my way of looking at the world. <laughs> Spooky is actually our word. <laughs> oh my god. Oh dear. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just uh, don't 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 worry about it. If we need anything, we'll let you know. Oh, excellent. And I hope to uh, hear one of your performances again soon, Lillian. They are always so marvelous. Oh, don't worry about it. I'll be doing another one real soon. Is is Lil, is Lillian Flapper? Is that the accent? I thought it was a Southern earlier, but now I'm like, oh, we're we're doing. I have been having the hardest <laughs> time because I want it to be kind of like a Linda Belcher, ah. a New New Jersey kind of thing, but it just kind of slides into Southern, and it didn't help that the first person that we heard talk aside from <laughs> the three of us was Southern. Yeah, I was just say we've had a Southern. Uh, Dan is doing some kind of kind of mild sexual thing and then you you have your accent i was like oh i guess i'm not gonna do my over-the-top weird tree voice i'm just gonna be regular so that'll be that'll be my i wasn't trying to be sexual please do your over-the-top <laughs> if no, i don't no, get I'm... to hear the weird over-the-top tree voice i'm gonna be very upset i'll save it for an npc on the wet side just imagine that I'm trying really hard to do a Linda Belcher and failing, but you have to work with me here. A hundred percent of doing a silly D&D character voice is just trying it and then watching it slowly become something else over time. <laughs> All right. So let's go see Harper. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys head to the outside of the gig and it is not hard to find Harper as you can hear the uh, rhythmic sound of a hammer pounding and you can uh, find this fella just on the outside as they're doing some like construction work uh on the uh exterior of the gig 
Lillian's uh, gonna be waving a very dramatic hand like Harper (laughs) Yoo-hoo Oh my god it's (laughs) Fix-It Felix you motherfucker (laughs) Uh, The individual you see is a human male who is in what seems to be his late 20s his skin is rather bronzed from what looks like a lot of time out in the sunlight. He has very, very thick eyebrows, and his overalls seem to be covered in dirt, rips, and stains, but he see- he seems blissfully happily nonetheless, and he waves his like, Oh, there, Lillian! Good to see you there! How you doing? <laughs> I spoke too soon I'm about the accent. I'm doing wonderfully! <laughs> uh... Me and my new friends here were coming over to see you. Mock sent us over. Oh, Lynn is just plum wonderful. This is great. Hey, um, ah, shucks. I haven't even said my name. My name's Harper. I'm a construction here over at the gig. And uh, he is going to sort of like dry his hands on his overalls before offering stranger handshake. Be like, well, I don't even think I met you. Uh, yes, uh. Uh, stranger will extend his um his hand he's only got one hand uh and it's just uh this little ropey uh gloved like skeletal hand on the end of a bunch of vines and the other arm is just a mass of vines that uh he manipulates things with and he gives him a loose shake and it is nice to meet you all the pleasures on mine love meeting new folks like yourselves uh well all strangers grasping his hand uh, stranger is kind of dirty he he's never washed any of his clothes he looks like kind of, he looks like a raggedy scarecrow um and he's also sort of colonized by nature so there's like some mite uh, uh mites beetles etc just crawling amongst his vines and there's a uh, like a, his, he has a familiar, um, but because he's a druid, he has to expend uh, act, uh, druid uh, wild shape to make it act as a familiar. So he's just constantly followed by this oversized fat crow uh, that nests in his helmet, uh, in his uh, his hat. Mm. Uh, well, this is an interesting little situation. Uh, I will note that Harper does not seem to be bothered by like how dirty you think your hand is or anything like that he shakes it very happily and just kind of has a big beam and smile on his face when we were walking up what was he hammering uh he's just looks like he's hammering some boards into the side of the building maybe looking at like sort of replacing a windowsill that's sort of in uh not replacing but adding a windowsill to a room that's kind of unfinished in construction right now okay hyalia uh stabs her sword into the ground just like as you know a place to put it so she's not carrying it around and just says this one's chains fire chains came out from this one i don't know are you keeping track i told you you got to write down what all these swords do Oh, yeah. Okay, hold on there just a second. Uh, and and uh, Harper grabs like a little notepad out of like a pouch on the front of his overalls. He's like, fire chains. Well, that's just plum incredible. Um, That seems bad, though. <laughs> if it burned up the island, we'd all be toast. So you'll write down everything but what your swords do? I'm learning. We're learning. It's it's an adventure. I don't know what they all do. They, I don't know how to activate them. Sometimes you got to say a word. Sometimes you got to hit them just right. Well, I'm just. I would think that you'd be taking the notes, not him. I just love to be helpful. I always carry a little notepad on me, so you know it's just kind of a thing. You could just go on in there and add little notes, and then be like, "Hey Harper, what's on those notes?" And I'm like, "Well, I got that for you." 
I'm not a metalsmith, I'm a writer. You know, sometimes I tie new swords to the mast, sometimes I glue them, but now that I'm here, I'll just bring the swords to this person, he attaches them proper, so it seems a lot easier. Str stranger nods, this is acceptable. <laughs> Would uh, y'all like a, a label on this one? Call it uh, Fire Danger. Danger Fire? Oh, we'll have to workshop that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Naming things is very important. Uh, I, I really take it seriously, so I want to. I want to sleep on that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just plumb real bad at that sort of stuff. But uh, I, uh, what brings y'all folks out here? Like I said, Mark sent us over here. It sounds like maybe you have somebody that you might need to be bringing back. Oh, oh, is it time for my brother? Oh, that's just wonderful. Really, just a great day getting better. Oh, no. If this is Fix-It Felix, <laughs> this is Brother Wreck-It Ralph. Is that what you've done to me, Quinn? <laughs> I, I fucking love Wreck-It Ralph. I'm not, we don't even know a vibe. Bring him back. Bring him back right now. Put his ass in there. I know. I heard he broke the internet. We got to put this motherfucker on We don't trial. talk about the sequel. We, we pretend we, that we one doesn't exist. We don't talk about the sequel. Damn. Uh, it's so sad that Wreck-It Ralph never got a sequel. Damn. <laughs> I've never heard this much vitriol for the Wreck-It Ralph sequel. I mean, I heard it was relatively unspectacular, but denying its existence. Distance is harsh. Yeah, it had that princess. It had that princess scene. Everyone went wild for it. It's pretty bad. I think. I think a couple of potentially paid articles went wild for it. Oh my god! I just realized that I was just saying, oh, it's good to have a smith here. But I real, I do have smith's tools proficiencies, and I have a rune that lets me get double proficiency in my tools. So I'm actually really good at that. I don't know why I was fronting. <laughs> I just like to think that Hylia wants other people to get involved sometimes. Yeah. I, I was just imagining it as like Hylia having like a second, like, pair, like, like, like a backup set of notes about the sword specifically, uh -huh. because that seems like an extra important thing to take notes on. Yeah. So I guess she, over the years, she has gotten good at that by pasting shields together and stuff. But I guess she doesn't consider herself good at it, you know? Yeah. So you're you're like a, a a high level amateur comparing yourself to masters. Yeah, something like that. You know, still we're still feeling the character out. It's episode one. You know. Yeah. Tell us about your brother. What was he like? Oh, Roman was a sweetheart. Never did anything wrong. Always eager to help. He was a real go getter. You know, I, I love him. He's my brother. Um. Can you tell us how he passed? Was it sudden? Whew, real sudden, you could say. Uh, old Roman was, uh, oh, hurts to say, but uh, he died in a house fire. I see. So an accident then. Yeah, seems so. I'm not much of a detective sort, but... Seems like my brother had a bit of spot of bad luck that kind of followed him around after he got lucky the one time. So, you know, bad things happen. Looks like a like a lantern fell over and burnt up to a crisp. The one I, I got, I got his ashes with me. If uh, that's what you need. The one time you say. Yeah, my brother uh, had a bit of a spot with pirates at one point in time, but uh, miraculously. He survived the whole thing, and uh, we've been pretty close ever since. Spent all our time together. 
you know, it was our place actually that burned up. The um the ashes were they collected from the the house, I assume. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Just kind of scooped him up, but you know, I wasn't too plump concerned because I knew I could come here and bring him back. Highly a very excited writing pirates. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some markets, those are very marketable stories. It comes and goes, but when pirates are hot, they're hot. She's very excited. So so um, Harper obviously loves his brother. I, I guess the, the, the vibe I'm getting potentially, though, is that maybe Roman was into some shit uh, and that's caused a problem. He's also a little bit concerned what else is mixed in with these ashes that we're about to, uh, to bring back. Would it be possible uh, to, I guess, insight how like is Harper maybe concealing some nasty stuff Roman might have been up to like brotherly love blinding him? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, give me an insight check. 22. Wow, that is a great role. Uh, I will say that you are getting the impression from Harper that this man doesn't even really know what lying is. Uh, <laughs> he, he just seems so excited to talk to people. He doesn't seem to be behind anything. This man genuinely believes that he had the best brother in the world, and uh, he's super excited for him to come back. All right, and so the premise of this season, or at least for Dry Team, is we're going to take body parts to a magic tree, and it's going to let us psychonauts this guy and see if he was a bad hombre. Yeah. Do you guys have any last questions for Harper? If not, we can, uh, I think, wrap this episode up with uh, one more, a couple more lines. What will you do with him when he comes back? Do you have a place he can stay, I assume, with you, or will you stay here once he's returned? You know, that's a good question. I mean, I guess it depends what he wants to do when he comes back. I, I sure love the gig and everyone here. I mean, so many great people. I love that robot. <laughs> but, you know, uh, my brother and me are close. So uh, whatever he wants to do, I'm, I'm going to go with him, I think. Where would you go back to if your house burned up? Is Do you have family at some other place? Like, where are you from? Is it like the mysterious continent of dangerous unexplained fires or <laughs> uh i he's he's gonna note uh yeah no i had some uh colony that we're back from you know little little town back in uh sort of uh the start of the new world kind of area but you know it's uh we just built our house the first time we could build it again maybe with the uh, less lantern hooks this time uh I mean, I'm sure the, the the rest of this arc is going to be learning about this guy, so we don't need to expend all of our roles and questions now. But I think history checks, just to know about the area, any insight on pirates or this colony? Sure. 13. Uh, based off what he's telling you, he's talking about a pretty nondescript place from back in the, the main section of the world. I'm not trying to like get us into like deep dice funk <laughs> back history lore, uh, but the vibe you're getting is that he came from a, a pretty small area with uh, kind of like a very tiny town sort of atmosphere to it. Uh, you would not expect there to be pirates there, uh, but the New World is also a place with a, a great many different biomes that uh, might have something to that nature. So... Uh, it is not unthinkable for him to have crossed paths or his, one of his family members to have crossed paths with him at some point. <clears throat> Does Lillian have any questions? 
I was trying to think about that. Uh, or just anything th- uh, Faye yeah. would like to say in general. I don't think Faye has any questions, but I think that Faye's going to say, well, we're going to do our hardest to make sure that we fi- make sure that your brother's able to come back safe and sound. And you could just hand that, uh, I assume, an urn with the ashes in it to us, and we'll go bring that right over to the tree. Oh, that'd be, that, that's just incredible. Yeah, y'all, my, I don't, I'm a hugger. I, I just want to give y'all a big hug. You're going to bring my brother back. Lil is going to hug. He, he has his arms out wide for a big hug. Just Lillian will absolutely hug him. Very carefully. I am a crushing machine. <laughs> I, I, I am the mangler from Stephen King's The Mangler. <laughs> Please be careful. Um, stranger will join and say, my people don't really do this, but sure. Well, now they do. All right. And uh, with that, Harper is going to reach into a pocket. And he is going to pull out a small green urn, and he's going to hand it to you, Lillian. And he's going to say, I can't wait to see my brother again. Good luck, y'all. I'm really rooting for you. Lillian's going to hold this little urn very reverently. Like, just just don't you worry. We'll we'll, we'll get him back to you. (laughs) Unrolling a fresh scroll at the top writing, Two Brothers. (laughs) <laughs> it's about two brothers. <laughs> I'm sorry. With that, uh, Mox is going to turn to you all and say, All right, you got what you came for. Y'all ready to vibe check?